are back. Episode number nine, Spread Option Podcast. Brian and Nick here with you. And I was having a very good weekend until Oregon lost. I had so many bets, so many bets, so much so that my entire season, I am now on the losing end because of how much I had put on Oregon and they ended up digging themselves too big a hole at Washington State at game day to come back in the second half. Yeah, Brian, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that was a pick you had made early in the week, if I recall correctly, um, where you know you, would, you were all over Oregon. The line started to move a little bit, but you got them pretty low, like almost like money line. There was barely even a spread, at least at, you know in the beginning of the week, at least when we were recording. Um, the thing that got me this past week was the uh, live betting, actually. Really? Yeah. was it saved uh, me. I couldn't believe what I was seeing with the uh, Ohio State-Purdue game. So here I am taking Ohio State, you know, plus right. four and a half. You know, I just keep hitting it five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half. Like, I'm just like, you know, I put a few bucks on the money line. I'm just thinking, oh, you know, Haskins is going to break their heart in the fourth quarter. And turns out they can't play fucking defense or at least they that game. So um, that was pretty rough. But um, NFL actually went very, very good. I kind of got some uh, confidence on the Falcons. I think I had mentioned them uh, in the last podcast. I did you not did. take the uh, spread, though, thankfully. One of the most absurd backdoor covers you'll ever see. Um, it was 23-12, to 12, and the spread was five. And um, the spread was five. And the Giants get the ball, two-minute drill, no timeouts whatsoever. Um, you know, no timeouts. And uh, they get the ball near the goal line, one-yard line with, like, 40 seconds left. And they try to sneak it in with Eli Manning. And uh, Eli um, gets stuffed. The clock's winding, clock's winding. Gets down to, like, 25 seconds. Snap the ball again. What did the fucking Giants do? They fucking – yeah, No, they run another sneak. Yeah, it bleeds the clock down even more. They get one playoff. They hit Odell in the end zone. Uh, you know, make it twenty-three to eighteen. The spread is five. They get a two-point conversion. This is all with five seconds left. So um, absurd backdoor cover. But uh, I had teased the Patriots, the Saints, the Falcons, uh, a couple other teams. But it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty good overall. Uh, I had a five-team teaser that hit. That uh, paid out, you know, plus odds. That was pretty good. So NFL was pretty good. Um, I stayed away from most of the college, other than uh, Ohio State, which I wish I, you know, which I wish I had stayed away from, but uh, was too enticing. Yeah, you know, it it happens like that sometimes. Last week, my NFL did not go as I had hoped. Another losing week, two and three. I blame Justin Tucker completely. The missed extra point that would have forced overtime. Uh, we go to overtime as long as someone scores. I win the over. Doesn't happen. Absolute heartbreaker. Mm. Don't know what I was thinking with the Niners. I I will stand by that if a team is a double to, double digit point underdog, you should take them at home. They got smoked. It it is what it is. But that's that's something I've got to take no matter what. But uh, we're we're back this week. I feel I feel actually pretty confident in my card overall. But we're gonna start. How it always goes. <laughs> yes, it, and this, this 
I'll, I will say this is probably the best I've felt in the past couple weeks about my cards. So hopefully this means things are turning around. But college football, three ranked matchups. We start Iowa six and one, one of four teams in the Big Ten West that are still alive for the title. They head to Penn State, who is in hopes of just absolute anarchy taking place above them. They need Ohio State and Michigan to lose a couple of games for them to have a chance. The Nittany Lions are six-point favorites at home. It's a 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern start. Who do you like? This is tough. This game's at Iowa. I'm all over Iowa, because this is a that's a black hole. Kinnick is the plan. I feel like for offenses, um, I don't know. This this one's really freaking hard. Um, this is a game I'm staying away from, or at least maybe I'll live bet on it, getting a feel for it. But uh, I don't know. I think Penn State's going to come out motivated to play, and McSorley has a big game. Um, I don't trust Iowa's quarterback as much. I know he had a six touchdown game recently, but he also is known. They have a few stinkers. So Nate uh, Stanley, Nate the Great. Yeah, Stanley. You know he's known to have a stinker every once in a while. So uh, we'll have to see. But uh, give me Penn State six and a half. All right, I'm taking Iowa with the points, and I'm taking Iowa money line. This feels like a game that Penn State will not win. They have struggled mightily this year, specifically at home. For whatever reason, Trace McSorley can't do too much against good defenses, and this is another good defense in Iowa. I don't know if their offense is up to snuff, but they can win this game for sure. So I like Iowa with the points and the money line. That'll be a major theme for my card this week, so keep note. The next game on the docket is Florida-Georgia, the rivalry, the border-sharing states in Jacksonville. The game is held. Both teams at 6-1. and one. Massive SEC East implications on the line. Loser is effectively eliminated from the playoff. Georgia is seven-point favorites over-under at 52. Money, surprisingly, has been pretty much even on each team. A 51-49 edge to Georgia. Who do you like in this game? You know what? I like, uh, I like Georgia a lot in this game. I believe a lot more in Jake Fromm than I do in Felipe Franks, and that's kind of the genesis of, of my pick, and that's kind of what's fueling the confidence there. Uh, I think Georgia plays really good defense, um, mm-hmm. obviously, and uh, I trust Jake Fromm against a good defense more than I do Felipe Franks. I mean, quarterback's the most important position, and uh, uh, I'm going to ride I'm gonna ride that, and that's kind of what I'm basing my pick off. So give me, give me Georgia. I am also taking Georgia. I like what you said there. Felipe Franks, in general, I don't think is a very good quarterback. But Florida's defense is for real. They have dominated some pretty good teams. The run game will be very important for Georgia. They were not able to get it going against LSU, and that hurt them pretty badly in the major loss. So if Holyfield can get going, Swift can get going, expect Georgia to be able to win this one by at least two scores. Because the real question in this game is, can Florida score to keep up? And I just don't think they can. So seven points feels like feels like a lot, especially when you got two good defenses. But Georgia, it's must win from here on out for them. So they... They uh, will come to play, especially with the amount of talent that they have. I like I like your point a lot about the running game. Um, I think Florida's going to try to establish the running game too, just to kind of you know 
keep the keep from and them off the field. But uh, I know they trust their defense. But you know, I think there's you know the under could be in play here. But um, I'm more inclined to think Georgia can win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I would lean towards the under, but not gonna not gonna bet it. Last one of the day in ranked games: Washington State, the victors last weekend on game day, head to Stanford in a huge Pac-12 North game. Washington State, the last team essentially in the conference with hopes of making a playoff appearance, they stand six and one. Their only loss to USC. Coming off the Oregon win, like we had mentioned, 34 points. Gardner Minshew was pretty damn good in that game. The defense looked great in the first half. Stanford off a bye, 5-2, and two, got smoked by Utah a couple weeks back. Can Stanford win this one? They are three-point favorites at home. Over-under is 53, pretty low. This will easily be the best defense that Washington State has played this year. Do you think Gardner Minshew and company get it done, or is Bryce Love going to finally break out here? I was just about to say, I'm feeling the love, man. Uh, give me give me Stanford at home. Minus three. Uh, take the hook here, two and a half, no doubt. I think it opened at two and a half, but your, it did. Uh, if your respective sites give you two and a half, uh, you know, the option to you know take the hook, I would do that. Uh, I definitely think Stanford is fully capable of winning this game going to be key for them to establish the run uh keep washington state's prolific offense off the field um and you know stanford has other playmakers on their uh offense as well uh specifically at uh receiver uh blanking so hard on his name arcega whiteside arcega whiteside yeah i was gonna say he's got a hyphenated last name he's really good um so uh yeah um definitely give me stanford i think washington state is fully capable of going in there and putting up a lot of points. So I actually like Stanford and the over. I think it's actually going to be a little more offensively tilted than people think. Uh, and for whatever reason, like I like Mike Leach and everything, but in a games for Washington State where it feels like, you know, he can kind of get a big win for them, I always feel like I don't want to say he's like a, a choke artist, but like I also don't really remember him ever winning a big game. And I like him a lot, so I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh David Shaw, I think, uh, is just a better coach. And I think in a tight, tightly contested game, I'm going to kind of go with him and uh, the best player on the field, which is Bryce Love. So that's what that's my pick. I think whoever this game, whoever's tempo this game is played at is going to win. That's an easy thing to say because if it's a high-scoring, you know, fast-paced game, Washington State is obviously the team because they're going to put up – they're capable of putting up way more points than Stanford. And if it's slowed down – probably plays into Stanford's hands a little more, especially because of how quickly Washington State likes to go. And if they get a couple three and outs, that's, you know, short break for your defense. All that said, I'm taking Washington State, the points and the money line and the over. I love this offense. I think they're going to be able to do it. 53 is nothing for them. I think they can win this game 35-21, and we're all going home happy here with the over and Wazoo. Yeah, I like. I think fifty three is pretty damn low. Uh, another game I think it's pretty low in now. Just you know, going through our cards and stuff is the uh, Kentucky Mizzou. Yep. Game. Uh, Benny for Heisman and um, Drew Locke. I mean, damn. I mean, fifty five is pretty, or fifty six, fifty five and a half, whatever you got in your site. Like, it's pretty low. I think. Yeah, it's a it's a low score. I think Stanford, or excuse me, Kentucky's defense 
has just played so damn well this year and they lean on it so much. I mean, if you look at their last four weeks, game totals 34, 34, 34, and 21. They're consistently on the under. What does that say? They might be due for an over here. Don't really know, but the defense has really played well and they are uh, holding teams. They've only given up double-digit points twice, three times this year, I believe, but it's not something they do often. I am staying away from the over-under in that game, but I will take Kentucky plus seven, stunning line that they're seven-point underdogs, and Kentucky money line. It feels like free money to me. I don't know what I'm missing here. Yeah, I mean, the defense has played really well. I mean, they pretty much shut down Vandy, I think, last week. Um but Mizzou was also involved in an absolute gong show of a game with Memphis. I mean, which we should all saw coming. I think we talked about it on our, our last uh, episode. Uh, yeah. Another game that's got, uh, you know, I think a lot of offense potentially to be seen is uh, Texas Oklahoma State, which has Texas as a three and a half point. Um, you know, favorite on the road. Uh, and I know you bet against Texas with Baylor before, but it kind of feels like Texas is back, which makes- means they're going to lose. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's the night game on ABC, but I mean, they're just better than Oklahoma state, aren't they? They are, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. I like Stillwater at night under the lights at Boone T Pickens field. Give me the, the pokes plus three and a half money line. Love it. I think Justice Hill is going to have a monster game. This defense is better than people expect. I don't know that Sam Ellinger is completely healthy, and if he takes a big shot, he could be out. That being said, Shane Bouchelle is a very capable backup, but I don't know that Texas is going to be up for this one. It's Oklahoma State. This is like their season right now. they got to play to win this one and, and, and keep moving on. So I don't know where Texas is going to be. I never thought I'd see the day where Oklahoma State was involved in a game where the over-under was 59-and-a-half. Yeah, but here crazy. Uh, I almost feel like it's a trap because my, I'm conditioned to just ridiculous scores in Stillwater. Yeah, that's the Big 12. I mean, you are absolutely right. There's no defense. This year there's been a little more defense, and I guess you could say a little more disappointing offense than anything else, but these these lines are pretty low. Um, another game I've got circled, it's the Thursday night, so tonight for those listening, Georgia Southern and App State, newly ranked Appalachian State at number 25. I've got the over 48. Speaking of low over-under totals, Georgia Southern, I know they run the triple option. It's a weird offense, but this is a big-time game for both teams, both sitting at 6-1. and one. Georgia State doing that triple option. <laughs> yeah. they. I mean, this is... This is the season for both of these teams. Both sit at 6-1. and one. Georgia Southern wins. They're probably ranked next week. App State wins. They're going to stay in the rankings. So this is this is the Super Bowl for these teams. Expect them to come out and put up some points. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to see App State in the FBS and ranked. Uh, here they we could are. be 7-0. and oh. People forget they should have beat Penn State in week yeah. one. Imagine had they done that. Where, yeah. where would they be ranked? Would they be ahead of UCF? No, not in front of UCF. They'd probably be like number 17 right now. That's it? You only think yeah. it's only worth eight spots? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, that's fair. It's just, uh, yeah, we talked 
don't know if we want to get in the playoff stuff because we're more of a gambling show, but uh, we we don't dislike UCF. Let's <laughs> just say that. Big time UCF fans. Big time. Yeah, going for they should be going for back to back titles, right? <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, the rest of my card, I've only got two other games that we haven't mentioned: South Florida plus seven and a half and two thirty on the money line against Houston. I think Houston's a good team, but this is South Florida is undefeated. They're playing for the rest of their season. They've still got a shot against UCF to end the year, so they can realistically put themselves into a New Year's Six Bowl if they win out here. This is probably their biggest game in their way for UCF. The last one is uh, Texas A&M plus two and a half against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's offense stinks. They have not. Nick Fitzgerald has not thrown for over 100 yards in four weeks. What? Yes. They, he runs the ball extremely well, but he has not thrown for over 100 yards. Texas A&M is athletic defensively. I like Kellen Mond a lot at quarterback. Their defense will be able to stuff the run. If they can force Fitzgerald to pass, it's going to be a long, long day for the Bulldogs. So I like the Aggies plus two and a half. Okay. Are we hammering the Blazers this week at UTEP? I I was looking at the over. I think the over for sure. UAB does it for the kids. Shout out Rico Bosco. They do it for the kids. That's that's why we like them. But they're also 6-1 in a program that wasn't in existence two years ago. So shout out to them. But I like the over more than anything. UTEP has covered, I think, two or three straight weeks. Uh-oh. It's hurting me. <laughs> That is uh, that's all I've got though for college football. Very small card. What's up with the uh, uh, an app I'm using that will go unnamed? Uh, no free ads. Uh, yeah. The NC State Syracuse. I'm seeing like a lot of nothing on here. Like I'm not seeing. Let's see. Yeah, the lines aren't out. There must be an injury that they're waiting on to release the line. Hmm. Very interesting. Anything can happen in the Carrier Dome. So. Craziest place in college football. Well, one of the Carrier in Dome college, is nuts in college basketball. <laughs> yes. Um, if that's it for college football for you, we can move over to the NFL real quick. Yeah. Um, I feel like we keep saying this, but it's been multiple weeks now where it's, I don't know, like beginning of the year, we were just, just throwing a lot of darts and seeing what kind of stuck. And yeah, we're kind of uh, fixated on only a few games now. But you know what? Aim small, miss small. That's right. Um, or just put all the money you would have put on 13 games and just go all in on one game, which, you know, that's the Stu Finer logic. But then, but he's, you know, 9 0 on all his best bets, right? Of course. I also forgot to mention Georgia minus seven is my lock of the week. George, oh, okay. Uh, I might go NFL for lock of the week. All right. So, should we jump into that? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to start with your Packers. They head to L.A., very intriguing game, two very good offenses, Green Bay, nine-point dogs. I want to see where you lean before I tell you what I'm thinking. The Packers are not winning this football game. Okay. But they will cover. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Because, only because uh, I would say if the Rams' entire receiving corps were healthy, this could get – ugly uh but this is the healthiest Aaron Rodgers has been uh since week one you know more the beginning of week one until he got fucking injured uh mm-hmm. and had to come back and all that um 
but this is the healthiest he's been. They're getting Cobb and Allison back. So they've had a few rookie receivers emerge the past few weeks in Valdez, Scant Valdez Scantling and uh, Equinamia St. Brown. So uh, those guys are there, Allison. Uh, Jimmy Graham's looking a lot better. So the offense is going to be there. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to be out for this game. Um, obviously, Cooks is a bit of a burner, and Robert Woods is no slouch. And, uh, you know, quite possibly the MVP of the league right now, Todd Gurley, uh, if they don't give it to a quarterback. Uh, he's having a great year, and they post some – they pose a threat on defense, but uh, Aaron Rodgers in the games where he's – this is the biggest underdog he's ever been in his career, in his storied career. Uh, and a lot of times in these games, he comes out and he plays well. I know the Dallas game uh, in the playoffs, they were like a five-and-a-half point dog, came out and won it. I'm not going to go as far as saying they're going to beat the Rams, but uh, I think they can keep it within a touchdown or so. Yeah, I, I'm with you, I think. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing back, not back to back. I should say two games by double digit points in the first half of a season, let alone an entire season. The offense is going to be there. The Rams defense, you've seen them give up points. If Green Bay's defense can play even halfway decent, maybe force a turnover or two, or at least slow down Todd Gurley. Doubtful on all that, but go ahead. Right. There's no saying they can't cover uh, nine points. At the end of the day, where we want to be, if you're taking Green Bay plus nine like I am, is down between 14 and 10 points with two and a half minutes left and Aaron Rodgers gets the ball in garbage time because he will score for you, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, they did it against Detroit if you were live betting on that game where they kicked that field goal. <laughs> the over. The over hit. The over, the, the San Fran game. Um yeah, uh, he's definitely known. Uh, my, can, are we? Do we want to move on to another game? But yeah, I mean, absolutely not about this game. But uh, no, go ahead. It's hard for me to see Rodgers as a nine and a half point dog. I, every time it's been like this, he's come out and played well. Like they're like an eight point underdog in the NFC Championship to Seattle, and they fucking dropped an onside kick and should have won. Like every time he's been like counted out like this, he's come out and fucking balled out. So. Uh, I wouldn't say he's being counted out. I think it's the rest of his team that everyone sees that stinks and is getting is giving him the points. Very true. Very true. Um, I'm just gonna go get right into it. Lock of the week is Monday night. New England. I don't. The spread could be thirty. Give it to me. Jeez. I don't care. Love it. If it, uh, Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson again? If I mean, I think it's Nathan Peterman, and even oh. so, oh, that's gonna be tough. New England's defense is not very good. We saw the Bears put up 31 points last week on them. Not that the Bears' offense is bad, but it's just teams are capable of scoring against them. But the Patriots' offense is just as good, if not better, than everyone else in the NFL. This is the gambling redemption for all those people that bet on Minnesota against Buffalo. Just, I know you might be having a deja vu all over again, seeing a spread like this against Buffalo, but... There's no Josh Allen hurtling like all pro defenders in this game. Okay. Right. It's not happening. Uh, and I don't see Tom Brady like spotting the Bills in the red zone like with three turnovers. So uh, New England's going to go in there and shit pump them. No doubt in my mind. Uh, look into a first half bet. 
I mean, I think this is a game where they easily are going to be up like 17 or 21 nothing at halftime. It's going to be a joke. Yeah, I really like a first half bet here for sure, too. Yeah. And I mean, it's the only adage, you know, the backdoor cover, but I don't I don't even know if the Bills are capable of. Right. Yeah, whatever the Bills – I would like to know what the Bills point to. The over-under in this game is 44.5. So, <laughs> New England might hit Yeah. 31 themselves, which I bet they're saying it's like 31 to 14 is like the projected score here, which is – It's very very doable, oh. especially if you get garbage time touchdowns. This is the only game, so I know I've mentioned before, home dogs, home teams that are double-digit underdogs are must-takes for me. And the caveat is unless Nathan Peterman is one of your quarterbacks. <laughs> That's right. I can't, I can't bet on that guy unless you get – like I don't even know I'd feel comfortable putting him in like a sweetheart teaser. Oh, my God. Get oh. the Bills up to like plus 27. I don't know if – I don't know if I'd feel comfortable because I feel like they'd lose 28 nothing. Yeah, or thirty-one-three. Like, yeah. <laughs> those too, are, many, too many options to go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather just sweetheart New England to minus one. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, another game I've got, I've got circled the Steelers minus eight against the Browns. I don't know what's going on with Cleveland's offense. They can't really figure it out and do it consistently. And meanwhile, it feels like this is the time where the Steelers are just turning it on and realizing they're a really good football team. The defense might not be great, but the offense certainly is, even without Le'Veon Bell. I like Pittsburgh. Big Ben owns the state of Ohio. I don't know the last time he lost to either the Bengals or the Steelers, or excuse me, the Browns, but it's probably been a while. We tied him. <laughs> right, they tied. He hasn't lost, though. Uh you got to make up for that tie. It's a home game in Pittsburgh. The Yinzers will be out. I like eight points for Pittsburgh here. Yes. So um, a little little trick uh, I've learned is that if you are interested in betting on the Monday night football game, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you know they re- give you a look-ahead line to Sunday that they'll put out on the respective gambling sites. You know, with the up Monday night football still not happening. So after the Sunday night game or even after a lot of the late Sunday afternoon games, you'll have the spreads for the following Sunday out. So one thing that I already obviously have money on is uh, I took the Falcons this past weekend on Monday night football. I have a Falcons-Patriots-Steelers teaser. I've got the Steelers minus one, Patriots minus seven, Falcons plus two. So, uh, damn Falcons again! You are you no, like? No, I'm saying I'm already through one leg of it because it was right. the Giants Falcons. But uh, right, yeah. So I have the Falcons winner from uh, Monday night. I have them plus two in my teaser. So I have Patriots against Nathan Peterman minus seven, and the Steelers at home to the Browns minus one. And this is a, this was at plus one twenty. All right, that's a good payout there. Yeah, so I'm I'm all over that. So. A uh, little bit of an interesting move. I mean, if we look ahead to uh, week nine uh, in the NFL, I know this is kind of a crazy move to do that. Uh, just, I mean, it's another week of <laughs> interesting matchups. I mean, nobody really knows anything, but, uh, I mean, you yeah. got the Chiefs at Cleveland. Um, that's that's going to be a high line. Yeah, I mean, so you could, you could, you know – Tease New England with Kansas City and 
Carolina will be hosting Tampa, and the Bears will be in Buffalo. I mean, there's there's a lot of options here if you want to. All I'm saying is, folks, if you get the Patriots going, and you're in it on Monday night, and then tease them for games the following week, you can't go wrong. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I I hadn't heard of that before. I like that strategy though. Not the, bad. Uh, Not like Monday night game though, but a lot of times there's just shitty games. But right, right. I've got three other games that I'm looking at. I just realized now that I bet on four, <laughs> three of the four at AFC or three of four AFC North teams. But I've got Baltimore minus two at Carolina. I don't know what to make of the Panthers. I don't really know what to make of the Ravens, although they are they've been in close games and they can score this year. Joe Flacco has 600 more passing yards than Cam Newton. 600. Already. He's been playing really well this year, despite the fact that no one really wants to give him any credit. Um, So I like them, even on the road, as a favorite, minus two. I've got Cincinnati minus four and a half against Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston is back to doing Jameis Winston things. He threw two more interceptions last week in a win against the Browns in just one of the worst games I've watched in a long, long time. Cincinnati needs the win. They've been alive in the AFC North. They had a chance to run away with it, really. They were 4-1. and one. They've lost two straight. They're in trouble if they lose this one. And then the last game I've got is Detroit minus three against Seattle. I think Seattle is bad, and I think that Matt Stafford lives for games like this against these kind of defenses. So I am taking the old gunslinger and Matt Patricia to win this one. I expect it to be close because Detroit's defense isn't anything special. It feels like Russell Wilson and uh, Pete Carroll always can keep these games closer than they should be. I've got the wildest pick of the week. Let's hear it. Give me the over in the Philly-Jacksonville game. I was looking at that as well. It's like 42, I think. 40. Not fucking put 10 bucks on it or something. It's so crazy. It's way too low. I mean, damn it. I mean, I know Fournette's going to probably be out, but. The Cowboys managed 40 points against the Jags. It's my logic. I, I was about to say that. I mean, we literally just saw this defense from Jacksonville give up 40 points. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz puts up 28, and you get two touchdowns out of the Jack and out of Jacksonville, and this is 28-14. I mean, I guess that's a push, but you know what I'm saying. Like, Both of these teams really need this game. Yeah, uh, I think I trust Philly a lot more in this game. If I had a bet, I would bet Philly. I mean, damn, Jacksonville, after they beat New England, you're looking at them like, wow, it's them and the Rams is the best two teams in football maybe, and now, like – Blake Borles, I guess, is just a complete tease. I hate to say it. Nice guy. Pretty funny, you know, down-to-earth dude who, you know, you just want to see succeed, but uh, he kind of fucking stinks. Just wait. This will be the week that he that he comes out, breaks out. Perfect. I'll have the over. I'm betting the over in this game. All right. I like it. We'll check 21, in. 21. I mean, 24-21. Come on. We'll check in next week and see how you're doing. If you're like, this is the London. stupidest thing ever. It is in London. I don't know what that yeah. does. Well, Blake is – I'm pretty sure Blake Bortles is undefeated in London. Yeah, they destroyed Baltimore last year there. So uh, For whatever reason, he plays really good in uh, on those soccer turf uh, fields. So maybe what they need is them to play at uh, the Chargers more often, and then he'll be really good. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the – so the two best games this week, I think it's pretty clear what they are. It's Green Bay and L.A. and then uh, New Orleans at, at Minnesota on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, that's a pick em right now, over under a 52. Uh, any thoughts? I actually really like the over in this game. Really do. Uh, New Orleans, love- how to put up points. Minnesota's defense, as much as we give them credit uh, for what they did last year, they have been prone to giving up big point totals against good offenses. See uh, Green Bay and L.A. And uh, New Orleans, I mean, has gotten carved up this year in the past. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, Browns. You know, well, they didn't get carved up by them, but uh, T- Tampa Bay definitely. Um, uh, Atlanta scored a bunch on them, um, and Atlanta's had red zone problems all year. I mean, just – 52 seems like it's kind of a low over-under for me, at least. Uh, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I like. I also like the over, and I'd probably lean New Orleans just yes. because yes. they seem like they've got a horseshoe up their ass this year. I don't know what it is. Um, they've just found ways to win games. Last week, I mean, it was – Miss PAT that that won them the game. Like that, these are they're five and one and could very easily be, you know, three and three and three. It's not. Who'd have thunk after the Fitzpatrick game they would have just ripped off five in a row? Right. I don't. I don't know what to think of this team. They. Uh, they're tough. I mean, the Vikings defense really just hasn't played like they should. Like you were saying. The offense has been pretty damn good, even with Dalvin Cook pretty much sidelined this entire year. I would lean Saints and over, but I really, really didn't like the pick them in this one. Yeah, maybe Saints are a teaser I'll do. I might throw the Saints in a teaser. All right, one final – any final picks before we uh, take good, off man. here? I'm good, man. I gave my look. Oh, did I give my MBA tip, my general MBA no, tip? No, let's hear your MBA tip. Okay, so uh, as one of my buddies has astutely pointed out, I mean, we should be the quote-unquote experts, but uh, one thing to consider in the MBA is I don't really think the bookies have quite adjusted yet, um, is that on offensive rebounds now in the NBA, there's been a rule change this year where the shot clock doesn't reset the 24, it resets the 14. So mm-hmm. what we're seeing is a lot more shot attempts in games, which is conducive for betting the over. Yeah. Um, there was seen a, a lot of high point the totals. Spurs and the Spurs are not very good. I mean, even though one's got LeBron and one's got Aldridge and this and that. I was watching this game the other night on NBA TV and it was 128 a pop going in overtime. Right. You're at 256. You know, just in the standard 48 minutes. Uh, winning alternative line overs. Oh, yeah. It, it's wild. So uh, that's one thing to look out for is if you see like a Golden State game or something where the over-under looks like it's in normal range, not a bad play to bet the over because it's going to force them to, uh, you know, it's going to there's just going to be extra shots in the game. And, I mean, Jesus, I mean, if Curry and Durant and Clay, if, you know, that group has thrown up an extra eight shots in a game or something because of, you know, that, that could be the difference. Obviously, I mean, you make three more shots. It's at minimum six extra points. Yeah. So I'm sure the bookies are going to adjust, but get it early. It's early in the season. Definitely hop on it. 
Bulls overs have been a trend, and then all of a sudden they set them crazy high. They're not locked in just yet like you'd expect, but don't. Yeah. don't. And we mean their defense is really bad. That's why you should bet the over. Yeah, the Bulls <laughs> are going to be the worst defensive team in the NBA this year. They are. Jabari Parker. Zach, don't get me started. Net negative on defense. Zach Oof. Zach, Zach Levine, net negative on defense. We have we have two Carmelo Anthonys on our team, <laughs> and neither are as gifted offensively. Still the most overrated basketball player in the history of the sport. Yep. I'll buy that cross. Don't get me started. I hate Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> it's like everyone who talks about Carmelo, if you rag on the fact that he's – I mean, people gave Tracy McGrady all kinds of shit for never getting out of the second round, but Carmelo has dragged down every team he's ever been on. He's a cancer. He's yeah. He's a cancer. <laughs> I mean, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, the Thunder – I mean, obviously they're they're biased and probably think a little more highly of themselves, but like they think they're like a title contender with George and Westbrook, and they they didn't even think Carmelo should stay. They're right. like, oh, we're better without you. Yeah, the Rockets went, oh, here, come here, Gold State's just sitting there in a corner laughing. Like, thank God, with Demarcus Cousins joining them, like going from Carmelo from Trevor Reza to Carmelo Anthony is like the worst thing that ever could happen for the Rockets. Yeah, the. Really uh... And then, you know, it's bad when the biggest comeback people have for Carmelo is, but hey, do you remember when he won those gold medals? I'm like, oh, yeah, those gold medals. He's the most decorated Olympian basketball player ever. Oh, yeah, when he was playing on an international stage with Brian Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade. Like, no shit, he's going to have a few gold medals. Yeah, it's uh, it's the worst argument there is. But Thanks. watch out for those NBA overs. You can always get more of us. Go with the flow podcast for the hockey fans out there. The B Fox and B Frank show for college sports fans. And uh, let me be Frank blog where we like to write from time to time. Check us out. We will be back next week. Watch it too. And here's what happened when they decided to cut.